blossom underneath the cloudless sky And I'm drinking at the fountain that never shall run dry Oh yes, I'm feasting on the manna from a bountiful supply Oh, I am dwelling now for Sounds from Beulah Land, sponsored by Beulah Land Baptist Church under the direction of Dr. Leroy Howe, Senior Pastor. The church is located quarter mile west of 59 on Highway 96 in Queen City, Texas. Here is Dr. Howe. Thank you, Michael. We're so glad to be back under air today. We're so glad to have you listening in. We'd encourage you just to keep your radio dial set right there. Don't turn it any place, and if at all possible, just find you a place to sit down, park side the road, or just get over somewhere in a corner somewhere and just listen. Let's just have church today. We believe we can do that, don't you? I pray that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. And let me say this morning that if you if this program is a blessing to you, you'd like to drop us a card or letter. We certainly appreciate that. Uh, we are not a theologian. We're not here to try to argue any points. We just try to preach what we feel like the Lord lays on the heart as we, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, as we see the Scripture, uh, and we try to preach it that way. We're not trying to argue. We're not trying to disprove anyone else. We're just trying to uh, brag on Jesus and preach it as we uh, see the Bible to uh, uh, teach us. And so, but if it's been a blessing to you, it's an encouragement to you to help you live your life for the Lord Jesus, wherever you might attend church at. It's our a desire is to help you to become more faithful to God, to your church, and in the service of the Lord wherever you are. So if you'd like to, though, the only way we know whether the program is being a blessing to you or not is you just uh, write us a card or letter. You may write that card or letter to me, Leroy Howell, and the address is 1390 County Road 3781. And, of course, that's Queen City, Texas. That's seven, uh, 75572. This is zip code. We'd like to hear from you if the program is a blessing to you. Like you said, we're not intending. We will not, dis we will not argue any issues because that is not our business. God never called me to debate. God called me to preach, and that's what I'll do. But if I'm a blessing to you, well, let us know. That's encouraging to us because we sit here before this mic. We can't see anyone, and we just do it by faith, believing that it will touch and help somebody's life. We are hearing for a few from a few folks out there. We'll meet them here and there that have heard the program, and uh, fortunately they have said that it's been a blessing to them, and I pray that it is. That's the purpose of it. We don't want to spend God's money foolishly. This uh, pro broadcast is supported and financed by the Beulahland Baptist Church, and so we certainly do not intend to use their money uh, unwise. We feel like this is a very wise investment. And so that's why we bring it to you every Saturday morning. So you pray for us because we do want to be a blessing to you. Before we go farther in the service today, as usual, I would like you to hear a song that's uh, sung by my wife. You listen prayerfully as she sings. Pray. 
not hear a voice calling you. Come to the Savior now, promising to give you life song. Oh, how it does give us grace to carry on through these difficult hours in which we're living today, doesn't he? And the purpose of this message today is to help you and cause you to turn to the Savior. The Savior is the only one that can help you, the only one that can save you. You see, we're not preaching today a church. We're not preaching a denomination or a certain religion. We're preaching Jesus. Oh, he is the only way 
to heaven. You see, you might know me and meet me and forget me. You miss nothing. But as I try to introduce you and others have introduced you to Jesus and you forget him, you've lost everything. So the message that God's put on my heart for today is a message that I hope will cause you to come to the Savior. Let's ask God to help us in this hour. Father, in Jesus' name now, we thank you for loving us. We thank you, Father, for the privilege and opportunity that's ours to come to these dear precious people by way of radio. We pray, Father, that they would just stop and listen and somehow the Holy Spirit would prick their hearts and help them, Father, to listen what you have to say. It's not, Father, what I have to say, but, Father, take these lips of clay this morning and speak to people in radio lands what you would have them to hear. I pray that you'd help me to say only the things that would please you, the things that would honor you. Bless and touch those who are sick. Raise them up if it be your will. Those who are lost in radio land, I pray that the Holy Spirit shall speak to their hearts today and bring conviction to their hearts that they may be drawn to you to be saved. I pray, Father, that they're your, your children that are out there to serve you. Help them to be more faithful and, and be encouraged in the work of the Lord in these evil days. Now help us to speak your word today. In Jesus' name, I pray. I'd like to bring you a message today entitled, A Imaginary Journey Through Hell. Imaginary journey because, dear friend, that's the only journey I ever intend to take in hell is just to imagine what it might be like and imagine what's going on in hell today. You see, the, the, the Bible teaches us that we as Christians, well, immediately when we die, the spirit goes to be with the Lord and the body is planted back into the ground and when the Lord Jesus Christ returns, He'll rapture uh, the old body into a new body and join it together with our spirit, and then we shall ever be together with him in the clouds. So if that be true for the Christian, then the opposite is so uh, for the non-Christian. So let me talk to you today. I know we're living in a day today you don't hear many sermons preached on hell because a lot of folks seem to have forgotten it. I guess they think with all the modern uh, uh, technology that we have these days that somebody has about got it air conditioned. But I promise you, beloved, it'll never be done. It is a place that's real. It's a place where the fire will never go out. I want to, from the Bible, establish to you that there is a literal burning hell. We find in Luke chapter 16, verse 23, the Bible says, And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. We read about a place called hell where a man was in torment. Verse 24 tells us, And he said, or he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he might dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in these flames. Beloved, God is not a joke teller. God is not kidding us about a place that's called hell where there's a little fire burning and where people literally will be cast into it. In verse 7 it says, when First uh, Thessalonians uh, chapter 1, verse 7, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, who shall be punished 
with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. I heard a message the other day preached by a man and he told the way to be saved. As I see the scriptures, it was true. Told us that there was a heaven and all saved folks was going to heaven and the only way to be saved was through the Lord Jesus Christ. But then at the end he said there was no eternal destruction or eternal hell for those who didn't get saved and didn't go to heaven. He began to explain that eternity and everlasting didn't mean the same toward the lost as it did for the saved. Beloved, I don't know which Bible he read that out of, but the one I have read and preached from about 58 years now tells me, and I believe, that eternity and eternal for the saved has the same meaning for the unsaved. So if there is a heaven that the saved folks are going to get to live in and enjoy for all eternity, I believe there's a hell that those who reject Jesus Christ are going to have to spend all eternity in there. Let's read Father. We find also in, in uh, chapter 1, verse 5, But fear him which after he hath killed hath power to cast into hell. Yes, I say, fear him. I'm not reading from the Reader's Digest, my friend. I'm reading from the Word of God, the Bible. Mark chapter 9, verse 45 says, It is better for thee to enter a halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell. The fire that never shall be quenched. Let me say to you today, I believe in miracle God. I believe in the healing power of God. But you know, the Bible plainly teaches us that we should not be as concerned about the healing of the physical as we are the healing of the spiritual. You see, you can die and go to heaven lame. One leg, two leg, your eyes blown plumb out of your head. You can go to heaven like that. But you can't go to heaven unless your spiritual relationship is right with the Lord. Also the book of Revelation chapter 14 verse 11 says, And the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night. Beloved, the Lord is not just putting these things in here to have something to say. I believe that this is that God meant what he said. Now that we have found, according to the Bible, there is a literal fire-burning hell. Matthew chapter 25, verse 41 says, It was not originally prepared. Uh, it was originally prepared for the devil and his angels. It was prepared for people. So hell was originally prepared for the devil and his angels. Now as we told in the beginning, we're going to take a little imaginary journey into he uh, to hell and see in our imagination what we can find out. You see, let's picture for a moment uh, a huge uh, volcano-type opening in the ground, some huge uh, uh, tavern-type uh, uh, thing that is open. It's, it's very dark inside as you go into this deep dungeon of a hole like Carlsbad Cavern. Uh, many of you have been there and, and seen that uh, situation. You, as you walk in, it, it's dark other than the light that man has put there, but this place is going to be a dark place. And it seems, as we imagine, that we're now entering the entrance of hell. It seems like we could hear someone crying, saying, Am I my brother's keeper? Am I my brother's keeper? I say to you, you remember that story, don't you? That's the story of Cain. It was Cain and Abel was the first two born uh, people in this world. And they both brought their sacrifices to God. 
but we find that Abel offered a blood sacrifice, but Cain offered the work of the, of the field, the work of his hands. God rejected a Cain's sacrifice because it was a sacrifice of works, but he accepted the sacrifice of Abel because it was a sacrifice of blood. I want to tell you something today. Um, I think most, most of you already know it, but you see, it's the same thing today. God does not accept our sacrifice of works for salvation. It takes the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ for our salvation. And so we seem to hear someone saying, am I my brother's keeper? So Cain in hell is reminded of what God, what he told God one day. You see, Cain did not have to go to hell. He could have repented and got saved just like anyone else did, according to Genesis chapter 4, uh, verse 7. Also, we go a little farther and we come a little closer. It seems that a great multitude of people are screaming, let us in, let us in, let us in, Noah. But you see, Noah said God has shut the door and he could not open it. They could have been on the inside looking out instead of on the outside trying to get in. But they spent their money, uh, did not listen to the preacher. Oh, no, they didn't listen to him. And so they spent their time and their money doing other things and didn't believe the preacher. A little bit closer, it seems, that we can uh, see through the smoke uh, some woman weeping and painting her face. This is the story of Jezebel. Now, she didn't go to hell, of course, because she painted her face. That painting of her face was a sign of her rebellion. She was her own woman. Nobody's going to tell her what to do. She did her own thing. She did it different from everybody else. That's the problem prerogative that she had. She didn't have to go to hell. She'd have got saved. But you know Jezebel was so evil that the Bible tells us that the dogs came to eat her body. They eat all of her body except her hands and her skull. Can you think of that? A woman so mean. But you know she didn't have to go to hell. We find that she could have been saved. A little bit farther I think we see a, a, a woman running from something. That's Herod and Herodias. Uh, we see that in their lifetime you see Herod, when Jesus appeared on the scene, he thought it was John. Uh, he, he thought it was Jesus uh, had been uh, John the Baptist has been had been resurrected, uh, had been reincarnated because he was his conscience was eating him up because of what he did uh, to John, and so he thought this was John come back to haunt him and to bother him. And for time's sake, let's move on. We heard a man. Uh, we can see to hear a man uh, slapping or rubbing his hands together as though as though he was washing his hands. Well, we find the story of Pilate. He said that he was told that he recognized Jesus was a just man. Jesus, he could have let Jesus go, but he didn't. He sold him. He sold his opportunity to lose him. His wife told him, I told you not to have anything to do with this just man. I betrayed innocent blood, I hear someone say. That was Judas. Judas could have been saved and went to heaven, but he chose to reject the Lord. As we continue down the charred halls of hell, so we hear someone saying, go tell my brothers, go tell my brothers. You know that story, that's the story of the rich man. He's in hell, he lifted up his eyes and was in torment and he couldn't come back. But he said, go tell my brothers, at least they come to this place. We go farther and we hear someone say, I believe he says, some more convenient day. Some more convenient day, Paul. 
I like what you got to say, but I'm not going to accept it today, some other convenient day. I believe that was Felix, but we have no record in the Bible that Felix ever repented and come to Jesus. He died, and in his hell today, and I believe we can hear him saying, some more convenient day. Just a little closer, and I think we hear a man who's saying, almost, almost, thou hast persuaded me to be a Christian. You know, through my years of ministry, I've seen this a whole lot. I've seen a lot of folks who say, Preacher, uh, you got a hold to me today, but you know what? I've never gotten a hold of anyone. That was the Holy Spirit speaking to their hearts. I believe in hell today there, that this man, uh, Agrippa, is joined with many hundreds of thousands of other folks who are saying the same thing. They're remembering that one day they went to church, one day they attended a revival meeting. The fact of it is one day they listened to the radio. They heard a little old country preacher telling them how that they could get saved and how that they needed, needed Jesus and I begged them to come to the Savior. But, and, and they almost did. They thought about it in their own minds. They said, well, I'm going to go home and go to church tomorrow. I'm going to give my heart to Jesus, but I'm not going to do it right now. So I say to you in Radio Land today, will you listen? Don't wait till it's too late. Don't wait till you get on the other side without God in hell. And then remember the message you heard today and the many messages you probably no doubt have heard before this one today. But today, you see, if you die without Jesus, you can't blame anyone except yourself. Because you today, if you've never, you've probably heard many times, but if you've never heard, you're hearing the gospel message today. And so I asked you and I charge you. To believe it. I believe according to the Bible, all these we have talked about are in hell. But those of us who are saved uh, or will let Jesus save us will never see them again. And I'm grateful for that, aren't you? Not only will every one of these be in hell, but every person who has died without Jesus will be in hell. My friend, what if you had a died yesterday? Think about it. What if you had have died yesterday? Where would you be today? You see, this could be a fact. You know, because the Bible says that it is appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment. So you see, dear friend, that we are going to die. And we do not know when we're going to die. Many per people have been told by the doctor they would not live but a day or two. Uh, and, you know, they live a year or two. Many times, 5, 10, 15 years longer than they thought they were. You see, I've knocked on death's door many times, and the doctor said, it's about over. But you know what? I'm still going, and I praise God for that. But at the same time, I have seen folks who was in good health, who had just come from the doctor just weeks prior to their just dropping dead with a heart attack or aneurysm or automobile accident. So you see, you don't have any promise that you've got more time. All the time you've got is right now. You may not have time to go to church in the morning. If you're being touched by the Holy Spirit right now, and you realize that there's a, a hell out there to shun, and there's a heaven to gain, and it, hell's hot, and sin's black, and eternity's long, if you realize that right now, you shouldn't even wait till tomorrow. You should just bow your head or bow your heart right there. I mean, driving down the road 60 miles an hour. Oh, no, 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 don't close your eyes. But bow your heart to Jesus and ask him to come into your heart. Many have said to me, Brother Hal, I'm saved. But you know what? These folks don't seem to care if anyone else is saved or not. It seems that they're satisfied. 
Someone asked me, and I'm often asked, well, now, what is it that keeps you going? One of the things that keeps me going is that I know where I'm going, and I know how I'm going to get there, and I know, and I see a lot of other folks that have never trusted Christ as their Savior. I don't want to stand before my Savior someday empty-handed. Just got there myself. Oh, Jesus, I'm proud to be here. I'm glad you saved me. But you know what? I'd like to know that there's some other folks there as a result of my ministry, as a result of the preaching that I've preached through the years. So that's one of the things that keeps me going. I just somehow believe one more prayer, one more sermon, just one more witness, and someone will come to know my Savior and get to go to heaven. You know, I like a crowd, and I certainly would like a big crowd when I get to heaven. I'd certainly like all my friends and all my relatives and all my loved ones to know the Lord Jesus, and let's gather around the beautiful gates and the beautiful shore and the beautiful street of gold in that sweet by and by. So you see, the by, uh, there are still folks who just don't hardly believe that there is really literal burning hell. Hell is mentioned 23 times in the New Testament, 11 times as Hades, which refers to the grave, 12 times as Gehenna. Gehenna refers to torment or punishment. 11, notice this, a lot of folks think Jesus is such a sweet Jesus that he, you know, that he can't do this. But listen, 11 of the 12 times that hell is used in the New Testament, Jesus spoke 11 of them, and the other one was spoken by James. Well, some might say they still don't believe there is a real hell. Let me ask you, say it to you like this in these closing thoughts today. Uh, but if, if there is, if we get saved and live our life for the Lord Jesus, and then there is no hell, have we lost anything? I haven't lost anything, have you? If you're saved and prepared to meet Jesus, and there really is no heaven, then we've lost nothing. But friend, what if you don't prepare to meet Jesus? You don't let the Lord Jesus Christ come into your heart and save you. And then there is, which there is, a hell. You have missed everything. So I believe today it would be worth. I believe it would be worth you living for Jesus, don't you think? As we have an invitation today, I want you to listen to this song. It's telling us to come to Jesus. Come to Jesus this morning, wherever you are in Radio Land, will you realize that there is a literal burning hell, and it will be for every person who rejects the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and their personal Savior. I wonder right now, wherever you are, as I said, you can't uh, close your eyes if you're driving down the road in your automobile, but you can bow your head, uh, heart and ask Jesus to come into your heart. He will sustain you. Jesus Christ left the ivory palaces of glory, came all the way to a sin-cursed world to save folks like me and folks like you. He's no respecter person. I don't care how far you've drifted. I don't care how far you've gone. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what you believe prior to today. What Jesus is concerned about is what will you do with him today? Will you come to him? I pray that you'll do it today because time is running out. Not only is time running out for me on this radio program, but time's running out for you, me and you. Will you trust him today? By your heart and ask him to come in. Lord Jesus, I pray that you touch that heart, touch that soul in Radio Land today and help them to come to you. 
I pray this in Jesus' name and for Jesus' sake. God bless you until next week. May the Lord give you a good week and may you remember Jesus is the answer. Come to the Savior today.